welcome to Ed Films. My name is Patrick Holzapfel and I'm very happy to sit here with one of the two directors of Re Granchio, that is Matteo Sopis. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, first of all, congratulations. We just heard you won the Fibreschi Award of this festival. So That's incredible. I'm extremely happy. Yeah. I actually can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that is the quickest wonderful. Uh, response as a filmmaker was ever had to <laughs> bring to a prize on uh, live tape. Yeah, but it's uh, very nice and I think very deserved, uh, to be honest. So I'm also happy. Um, so I want to talk a bit about your, your film or your filmmaking in, in general, um, which somehow is related your latest film to the films you made before. Um, and is somehow related to, to folk tales, to, to legends. So I, I wonder how you find these stories, um, if they are really told by the hunters or if some of that is your imagination, how you work there. Me and Alessio started a collaboration in uh, 2012, I think, and uh, we shot a first documentary uh, called The Black Beast with Vanera in a little hunting lodge outside the countryside uh, uh, of Rome. And um, in this uh, little hunting lodge, there was a, a, the ca a character <laughs> uh, called Hercules, who's the owner of the, of the place. And as soon as we saw him, he was extremely funny and uh, exuberant. And we had um, a lunch there once where other hunters gathered. And during this lunch, we heard uh, some stories. We had an idea, actually, uh, before uh, of making a film together about a panther who roamed the countryside around Rome. It's an urban legend that we heard. And when I was a kid, my father used to tell me, you know, here there was a panther. <laughs> and um, so we went there and we asked them if they knew anything. And actually, he told us that he's seen it so that's how uh, the, the first film started and uh, while we were shooting that film um, during a lunch break actually we heard another story um, the men started talking about um, a, a guy who was excluded by the community or had excluded himself uh, from the community and who lived in a cave and then some details came out uh, he lived in a cave for 60 years and uh, uh, somebody started uh, telling us uh, why he lived in a cave. But um, all the stories were contradictory. Uh, so we were um, fond of the contradictions. And while we were shooting this film, we realized that the hunters that were trying to tell the story of Mario, <laughs> Mario de Marcella, he was called like that because his mother was called Marcella. Um, that's how they called him. Or while they were telling his story, they were actually talking about themselves as well. Um, so we developed this, this film as almost a documentary with talking heads that kind of contradict themselves. And they build uh, a, a truth that is not that important at the end. So while we were shooting this film again, we heard another story. Mm. And um, um, this time in uh, The Tale of King Crab, we... <laughs> almost had no details to play with. Mm. The informations were really scarce because it was lost in time. The, the story they were talking about was set in the end of the 1800s or the beginning of the 1900s. They didn't even remember exactly when. And uh, they just gave us a few details. Uh, the guy was called Luciano. Uh, 
he committed a crime, he fought against the local prince, and he was exiled in Argentina. In Argentina, we had no details of what mm. he did, because none of the men ever been there. Mm. So we took a trip together, and um, we actually researched, and we found out that he went to, he actually took a ship, and he went to Buenos Aires. Mm. That was the only historical record we found. And after this, we went to Buenos Aires and we figured out that he actually had gone to Tierra del Fuego, where the hunters used to remember something similar. <laughs> so we took a trip down in Tierra del Fuego and we tried to imagine uh, what this character could have done. And we researched local stories and uh, legends of the of Isla Grande. And uh, there were stories about pirates, gold. There was a gold rush uh, where there was not much gold, but there was a rush. <laughs> and um, there were huge crabs, and so we put all together, mm -hmm. and we created the second chapter. Um, I Actually, I when I watched the film, and, and also uh, Iso Solengo, um, I... Um, I thought a lot about this uh, folk tales in cinema. I mean, it's a very it's a literate literature genre, and in Italy, it's very strong. I think, starting with Boccaccio, maybe, and going mm -hmm. to Roberto Calasso or something like that. And I feel that there is always a poetic element and a philosophical element in mm -hmm. in in myth, uh, and in cinema, something else comes into it, and that I want to ask you about. That is a very strong presence that is also there in your film because cinema can never be really in the past only. There is this uh, a way also you film landscapes that makes them appear really in, in, in front of us. So I wonder how, how you think about the relation of, you know, the actual presence of, of landscapes, of faces, of, of things, um, the material of what you film to these kind of stories that are in a bit in the fog and, and, and yeah. Um. <coughs> We so our our collaboration, me and Alessio's collaboration, starts from oral tales. Mm -hmm. That's what we heard, and that's what we tried to reproduce. In this last film, um, we tried to show the process on which stories are told. They're passed on. Mm -hmm. While they're getting passed on, we lose some elements, or we gather elements. Mm -hmm. uh, they get bigger and bigger, and. Uh, bringing it on the other side of the world it adds other story uh, other stories and it becomes something bigger and bigger and it forms a legend this was the let's say the concept led i mean uh, t uh, sorry the landscapes uh, uh, are i think very important for us to um, the narrative of the second part especially and the first part of the film we wanted to be very claustrophobic actually and then to um push on in the second part, you know, this the fact that you have humongous skies and humongous landscapes and um, that influenced the character psychologically, you know, he's kind of like searching for redemption, so this desolate uh, landscapes should reflect something that he feels. The faces uh, was a... Uh, was something that we, we, we were really fond of, actually. we went to this little town, we started meeting uh, more and more people, and uh, they had uh, something that was to us very cinematic and that we wanted to uh, use in the film. And actually we developed a collaboration with some of the same characters and well, 
we were doing uh, one film after the other one, they were becoming better and better as actors. So we felt naturally pushed into you know, making them act. But we used, yes, mainly non-actors. The second part has a few actors. Um, they're all, in the first part, they're all non-actors except for Emma, who's Maria Alexandrungu, who made a film uh, called The Wonders yeah. by Alicia Rubake. But she was younger. Yeah, I think that, that these faces and this uh, simplicity of how they act uh, works, good, works well with, uh, with what they're doing. They're trying to pass on. They're the same people who are passing on. So there's a documentary element also that comes from our background. Um, so it comes into place and... Yeah, can you can you talk a bit about? I think Gabriele Silli is yeah. the name of the main actor because the, his eyes are just <laughs> amazing. He, I mean, we have to say maybe this character is portrayed as somebody who is also mad. So it's not only you know he's not a hero. He's you know he's a, he's a drunkard. He lives somewhere. He's a bit dangerous. We don't know what to think of him. But in his rebellion against the authorities, he gets very close to us of course very likable so but how did how did you how did you work with him how, where did he come from uh, Gabriel Silli is our friend he he's from Rome uh, he's um, uh, a surgeon <laughs> no I'm joking he's, a, he's an artist um, plastic artist uh, so he's a sculptor and a painter um, and he I think he has Uh, some elements that we 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 thought were interesting for the character. Um, he he worked with us for a very long time in a very let's say unusual way. Um, for some parts, for other parts, actually in a very usual, <laughs> typical actor style. Um, so he he was very uh, involved in the in the in the film. He believed in the film a lot and dedicated. The, a lot of time to us. So he um, moved to Vellano, this little town, for several months, and this is the usual <laughs> <laughs> acting method. And just to, you know, to um, uh, build the reputation of the that the character needed inside the film, because they were, we were working with non-actors, so we needed them to actually, you know, believe <laughs> in him. Uh, that. He was that way, um, and he also moved uh, in uh, in Argentina, where we did a really long pre-production because of COVID. Also, right. uh, so he learned Spanish there, and um, he I think he he's he kind of like sculpted his character as much as he sculpted that beard. You know, he <laughs> he, he grew that beard. That is the yeah. it took him all the years that we worked with, I think four years. So yes, that is the testimony you know of, of, of the work he did mm. and um yeah his eyes uh, yeah his eyes are great yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's very very expressive but for for his character we wanted to portray um we wanted him to be um bourgeois in a town where there's only prince a prince and uh, uh, peasants mm -hmm. so we wanted him to be an alien mm. a character that was in the middle of this and um A character that tries to tries to choose something, but he's never capable of. He pursues loves, but at the end he destroys it. Um, a 
a character full of doubts mm -hmm. and uh, not of many actions. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about uh, because in in this film, love that you just mentioned has a, has a core that is some kind of it is underneath everything. Like uh, even the treasure hunt in the second uh, part is fueled by love. So um, I mean, I don't have a real question, but maybe you have some thoughts <laughs> about uh, about this desire that is there somehow. Uh, we wanted to make a love story, I mean, unless you know, basically, um, because fables many times are about love or they're fueled, like you said, by love. Um, so what, that was our main intention. Actually, uh, Maria Alexandra Lungu, the, that plays Emma, helped us a lot in that sense. She uh, helped us develop a character, a female character that's very strong. It wasn't written like that in the beginning, so we worked with her also rewriting things that we saw on her. And I think she, she helps keep the film together, basically, mm -hmm. because... Uh, Uh, she's the one keeping uh, Luciano, you know, from... Uh, <laughs> uh, she's the one that actually chooses things and... Mm -hmm. um, and yes, and then, then the treasure hunt is also not only fueled by love, but I think at the end, you know, the, 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 the treasure can be her or... There's many, I mean, mm -hmm. there's many interpretations, yeah. I think, to the film, but... Yeah, you work also very form. I mean, you work very formally with that because you use, for example, a lot of superimpositions where uh, where we see them being maybe together again, or these fantasies, and then also the sea and the sun. So uh, let's talk a bit about uh, uh, the camera work or the editing work in in both in relation to to what you want to convey because you also work with film uh, on mm -hmm. film which is uh, very palpable in your film. Um, so, um, I mean, is this to you, is that a decision that is without alternative to shoot on film? Well, the shooting on film started from the first film that yeah. me and I saw did together for very practical reasons. I, uh, I knew only how to shoot film. I didn't know how to shoot digital because I went to a school where they taught me mm -hmm. film. Um, so it was, for me, actually more practical. Yeah. Then, and this was years ago when we started to have the bridge into the um, HD <laughs> cameras. So, um, so we would uh, mount magazines the night before and uh, we, we shot with a camera that a friend of mine lent me from uh, Germany <laughs> and we brought it to Italy. Um, so it was a very practical thing. It was expensive, but we... It was what we had, basically, and what we could use without a, a crew. Mm -hmm. Then the second film, we we actually shot mostly in digital. We started with film, then we had um, we started a collaboration with our uh, cinematographer uh, Simone D'Arcangelo, who um, um, suggested that we used digital instead of film because of also practical reasons. Uh, instead, in this third film, we wanted to, com firstly, to portray, you know, something that was uh, tangible. Mm -hmm. You know, a film has a, a pasta, how do you say that? Mm -hmm. uh, has a texture yeah. that is difficult to, I mean, you can achieve it in digital, but it has it naturally. Uh, mm -hmm. And it has a, a, a color span that is very interesting. And, so, I mean, we, this, this was a very choral film, you know, we, we collaborated uh, a lot with all our 
uh, crew and uh, we, with Simone D'Arcangelo we shared uh, paintings, pictures, uh, uh, images of any kind for a very, very long time and um, that's how we built the imagery. Mm -hmm. um, Editing? Do you want to? I Editing. Mean, yeah. We edited in um, in Argentina. Mm -hmm. uh, our editor is called Andres Pepe Estrada. Uh, very fast, very good, <laughs> and uh, pleasure to work with. Actually, mm -hmm. um, we had this idea of yeah, just opposing several several elements since the very beginning. It was in the script. Um, we I, during the editing we tried to changed that but it didn't work that well so we went back to our original ideas i mean there's some in in, in the german word would be flirent so it it's hard to translate it is uh, i mean there is something as if as if if i watch the film it feels a bit like i have a fever mm -hmm. uh, because of it's because of the way you juxtapose things you superimpose things and also just the look of it all, you know, but yeah. Um, maybe as a last uh, question, I, I would really be interested in the uh, eponymous crap. So uh, you, I, I, the stupid question would be, how was it working <laughs> with a crap? Yeah. Um, all our films have our, uh, an animal inside. Mm -hmm. um, for I don't know what reason, but... <laughs> In the first one, it was a panther that people have seen, but nobody actually... Uh, you don't know if they actually were lying, if it was true. And at the end, there's a movie about alcohol, I think. The effects of alcohol. <laughs> the second film is... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But the, the second movie is about a, a guy who um, went to live inside a cave and was called by the people who... He never met uh, a solingo, which is how hunters call the lone boar that gets cut off from the pack. And in this third film, we wanted to do something different. We wanted to use an animal as a magic element. So um, uh, it's a very it's a fossil, if you think about it. It's an animal that looks more like a fossil than <laughs> than anything else. Um, it was not easy to work with. Uh, because um, we had to, um, we ha we had to. Uh, you couldn't organize certain things, so they would happen or not happen. Sometimes uh, we were lucky enough that it did happen several times. Um, but I think, yeah, it was a magic element for us. It, it, it leads the way uh, to an impossible thing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's like uh, for those who have not yet seen the film, it's like a compass. It yes. leads the way to the treasure. Wherever it is, it goes towards water, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I only can hope a lot of people see the film because I like it a lot. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs>